0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: Welcome to
2: Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Daquell Jackson brings you everything
0: about the shoe.
2: Welcome to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me as usual is Daquell Jackson. Daquell, how was your week this week? Uh, my week was pretty good. How, how about yourself? Well, I had a little bit of issues. Um, the Colts game did uh, kind of stacked on top of a few things. I There was a lot of stuff to take away from yesterday's game against Seattle.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I, I can agree. I don't think anyone saw this coming because the last time you and I were together, we talked about the offensive line. And the running game being a stronghold of this team, and it wasn't that by a long shot. By a long shot, I was. I don't. I, I honestly think that this was an uncharacteristic night or day for them. But man, they got to get it fixed. They have to get it fixed. Like you said, there's plenty, plenty uh, issues to talk about with this game.
2: Oh, absolutely. And first and foremost, uh, when you're looking at it offensively, you're talking about the run game, but also pressure. You know, against Carson Wentz, Ooh, there was a ton of it there, and that's just not something that you see uh, when or, or even think about when you're talking about the Indianapolis Colts offensive line. Um, but right to be that, clear, that, that go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, so here's here's what I want to unpack really quick and get off my chest. Carson Wentz, as we know it, he's been he he's one of the toughest guys you can have behind the center, right? I think we can both agree on that, mm-hmm. and most people can agree. However, He's taken a lot of blows throughout his career, and the biggest knock on his career so far is injuries. And I think with the marriage between him linking back up with Frank Wright, him coming to uh, Indiana, was because of the O-line and their protection, their ability to protect him. That was not the case. From the very first series or second series or so, he had endless amounts of pressure running for his life. And... To be quite frank, he played a really good game barring all the pressure that was thrown in his face and at his feet, So, uh, and with all the time that he missed. So I thought he played as well as any
2: player could play with the time being away. See, I'm curious, with all the health this offseason with the offensive line, knowing that, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson only practiced a handful of games all preseason training camp, Um, Ryan Kelly missing a ton of snaps. Um, Even, you know, the the only guy that actually played from start to finish, uh, from training camp all the way up to the beginning of the game, was Mark Lewinsky, you know. And and then, of course, Julian Davenport out there at left tackle uh, only practiced two or three weeks from, you know, into the preseason. And it showed. It showed a lot. showed up. Uh, See, I'm wondering – not, we we talked about one thing where we're, we're um, you know, getting connection with the guys next to you, stuff like that, you know, because of practice and stuff that that does play a part in a game. But as I watched uh, the game over and over and over, we both did, and yes. I was noticing that Quentin Nelson was asked to help the left tackle out a lot. Like Mm -hmm. he was, he he slid his protection over there all the time, and there was a lot of pressure coming up the middle. Um, So you know, like delayed blitzes Mm -hmm. would get right past through his his spot because he's already over there. They just didn't have any continuity. Yeah, you leaving? They didn't. Go ahead. They didn't have any continuity at Mm -hmm. all.
1: I mean, it showed. Uh, Listen, I'm the. I'm the first person to tell you if you're a veteran, you can figure it out. You don't need as much practice time, but these guys needed it, and it showed. As well as as all the clippings and the headlines, these guys have have been receiving throughout the the off season, Like you mentioned, like you alluding to, they just there was no there was too much of of there was no continuity, and it showed. And unfortunately, you know, our quarterback took the bulk of it and the guy was running for his life and you mentioned you know from the left tackle position to Brayton Smith you know he gave up a key fourth down sack Mm -hmm. and it was just he just got bullied man and that that's not indicative of how this football team is going to play I'm confident of that but the old line has to get it fixed for sure and I I I don't know how many times I'm going to say that because there's so many different holes right now but Uh, Carson Wentz is not part of the the problem at this point it's the offensive line just being available to help their quarterback and to help this team ultimately
2: oh yeah I and and, uh, one of the big knocks about Carson Wentz was he holds the ball too long right and you know at least that's the way it was with with Philly and, and and media and fans and stuff and from what I was seeing he wasn't holding the ball very long at all he he couldn't you know, he was getting rid of the ball rather quickly. The only times that i seen that he would hold the ball is if he got pressured immediately and had to make scrambling, you know, on-the-spot moves or, of course, play action. You know, because when you run a play action, there's about, what, three-quarters of a second there where you're faking the handoff, where your back is turned to the defense, and then by the time you get turned around, that's when the play starts for the quarterback, you know, because he's he's finally able to look. And that's effective. If you're running the ball effectively, right, and the defense is worried, you know, we have to stop the run, but like we talked about last week, if you're running four, five, six yards a carry, yes, that play action is going to be effective, but I was seeing way too much play action throughout the entire game when our running backs was only getting three, maybe four yards a carry per clip.
1: Right. And it, I, I think and and you look at the stat line with the running backs with Himes and and Taylor. I mean, it was rather pedestrian. It, we, we, we expected more of an output for them from them. But you have to look at the way the game was played. Right. The, there was a huge lead early on. And it, it, so it skewed the way the game was going to be called. And you talk about the play action. It was it was pointless. It was like you, you were going to get your guy killed, you mm-hmm. know, at some point because we couldn't stop the interior pass rush let alone on the edge because as you mentioned we have our best one of our best o linemen helping the left tackle so uh i think they got out of whack i think they probably underestimated how good this seattle uh defensive line was going to play i mean every snap you, it was like you know, i was holding my breath but uh uh again there was some bright spots here and there but there was critical moments throughout that game lawrence that i thought was was crucial that was was um they kind of once the once they let go of the reins, it, it, they kind of, they couldn't stop the bleed and they couldn't get back on track. And that was giving up the big big touchdown right before the half. You know, to me as a defensive player, we all go through those moments. We practice those moments throughout the course of a week. And for for them to let one of the top receivers, Tyler Lockett, get behind the defense is inexcusable. And I just don't see how that happens. A good football team, that's not supposed to happen. And from that moment, you're playing catch-up.
2: Yeah. Kari Willis had a good game in the box. But when it came to the passing uh, passing defense, he, he let Lockett pass him twice, right, yes. in this game. And one yes. for like a 62-yard bomb. Uh, he got beat badly. And yeah. so – yeah when you see something like that, if you're if you were sitting on that defense and, and you're a linebacker and you see the first one happen, uh, do you go and, and, and talk to him about anything or is it just a you know let the guy handle it on his own?
1: Now is you want to make sure if that happens, if you give up a big 69 yarder, especially before to have a situation that every guy practices, the coach goes over. You, you hear you hear that situation to um, to nausea right and what I would do as a player I would hey man are you are you right in the head what's going on like you know this is a big moment do not go for a double move when they need a chunk play you know they, they at, at this point they're not trying they want they want someone in the back end to have a mental error as he did and there's always going to be some element of a double move with 48 less than a minute to go in the game, especially before the half. If you have a big chunk play as an offense, you take it and you look for that double movement. It's just an inexperienced play from an inexperienced guy, to be quite honest with you. But I guarantee it probably never happen again this year because those coaches and those players are going to remind him, get the F back in those type of moments. But uh, unfortunately, it happened. And that was that was. That was the, the theme of, uh, of this football game with the Colts. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to overreact. I think this is a moment where you, if things are going to go bad, get them out early, get them out right now. So you come back next week, you fit, you correct the corrections. Uh, you play a much sharper and efficient game because defensively look, you know, to give up, you know, the first half the way Chris Carlson was running through our defense, a key third down 13 personnel At best, they fall for two or three yards to get the first down. You can't give up 30-yard chunks. And, again, this isn't characteristic of this defense. I think we got to get some guys healthy. The game just got away early on. And the Colts team as a unit, as a team, they just couldn't figure it out. There was no rhythm offensively at times.
2: You alluded to the Chris Carson's running game. They gave up 140 total team rushing yards, the Indianapolis Colts defense did and we're talking about a team that was number two in the NFL last year at stopping the run, and yet they gave up nearly six yards per carry to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, um, and, and it's not like it happened late when the when the team was gassed, mm-hmm. right? This is something that was start to finish it happened. Um, yes. It seemed like actually the second half, the Colts started to lock down a little bit better. Their defense looked a whole lot more... Uh, in tuned in the second half, but that man, that first half, Chris Carson was just chunk yards, chunk yards after chunk yards. And, and what does, what can you do as a player, uh, Mm -hmm. to, to help get that fixed on the defense on the fly?
1: Basically as a player in that situation, you try to calm your nerves because, you know, it's the first game, first game jitters, you know, everyone wants to do well and you seem to not be in tune uh, defensively as a unit because, you know, the Chris Carlson, the way he was chopping through this defense is uncharacteristic of this defense, one. And two, for me, I felt like there was – they couldn't settle down. They couldn't settle in the game. First home game, uh, no one could settle down in their role. And I think it's just, you know, uh, with Russell Wilson being able to use his legs, escape the pocket, Make throws down the field. The running game is that—that's the last thing you want from a Colts defense playing a Russell Wilson-led offense. Is have the run game be effective because now you're at the you're at their mercy, and I think that's what happened early in this ball game. And the Colts defense were able to settle down the second half, but it wasn't
2: enough in the end. No, it wasn't. Um, the offense itself and the defense—they just. There were plays that were missed and it, it was throughout the entire game. It, there was like key situations. There was a play early early in the first quarter. it was 10 to three. Seattle has the football. They're on like third and like medium, third and long. and mm-hmm. I watch Russell Wilson snaps the football, takes a seven step drop, quitty pace, sacks him, okay? Sacks yes. him, but yes. DK Metcalf offsides or, or right. false, false start. That's what it was. It was false start. DK Metcalf had a false start, but the whistle wasn't blown until Quiddy pay had the quarterback in his arms, bringing him down. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm curious why, I mean, for the most part, I didn't have an issue with the way the refs were calling the game. Okay. This is one of those rare instances last year. I seen it a lot, you know, where I was like, Oh my goodness. How did you miss that? You know, this hold or this, you know, this pass interference or this or this or this, but in this game, wasn't so much that part, but that play right there was so important because Mm -hmm. had that went through, the game would have been completely different. Had they called it, as soon as it happened, rather than waiting. Had they blown the whistle as soon as it happened, maybe some, you know, because they he had the sack that's blown dead, and, oh, you know, right. false start. Now you got to line back up and try to stop him again, right? Right. Yeah. And you, you go from this big old high to, all right, we got a sack on third and long, you're going to have to punt it, to, <laughs> oh, crap, we got to do this again, you yes. know? Uh, what does that do – uh, to a defense when when when, you, when that happens, you know, is is that yeah. rough?
1: No, yeah, heck, yeah it is because <laughs> as 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 much as the players are trying to knock the rust off, the the refs are as well. Mm-hmm. They have to get their their legs underneath them and they have to get their eyes in the right place. And uh, listen, I would never want to be a ref because there is no good ref in my opinion. When I played, there there were none, <laughs> none. So I I get it. it that early on. There's going to be some missteps uh, from the refs, but as you may you know, this game, that, that was that type of game. There was so many of those different swing type of game-changing plays that came up, whether they, they happened or didn't happen or, or made or didn't make. Uh, that was that type of game that you hate to be a part of as a player. It's like, man, you can do nothing right. No matter what we do, we can't get out of the hole that we dug ourselves into, and you're making costly mistakes that you're beating yourself. That Those are the, those are the games that, as a player and as a coach, you try to coach yourself out of is not beating yourself and the Colts as a unit beat themselves. Now there were some bright spots here and there, but just you're not going to, I'm not, I'm not jumping off the ship by any means. There's a lot more football to play. We all can agree with that, but uh, man, there was so many, you know, Russell Wilson had a, I give him credit. He played a a really good game. He had a, a great lob to Tyler Lockett. He had a big day, which, as a unit, you know, that's one of his best targets. Mm -hmm. And it was just inexperienced play, man, that you can't, you can't have that. You can't have it. You got to fix those issues right away because next week is not getting any easier.
2: Yeah. Like you said, there, there is a lot of positive to take out of this game, even though it's a loss and a week, one loss, eight, eight years straight now that the Colts have lost the home opener. Um, That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, man. It really is. I don't. I don't get it.
1: I, I don't get that, man. I've been a part of too many of those streaks in the places I've been. So that, that's just. I don't get it. There's just a good football team, man. It's like you like starting with, um, you know, uh, last place, I guess, and and digging yourself out of a hole. I, I don't get it.
2: Um, so a lot of the the things that we're looking at, that we're complaining about, like the offensive line play and and. And mm-hmm. giving up the big plays, both of those things are not indicative of the Indianapolis Colts. There's something I think the Colts will get fixed sooner rather than later, right? And the sure. things that we were worried about, for the most part, like you know, not curious about Carson Wentz, right?
1: Yes, I yes. think
2: he, I think that's a bright spot because you know he looked good given the circumstance that he was put under. I mean, I'm sorry if you if you told me that Carson Wentz was going to have, you know, 250-plus passing yards, uh, 66% completion percentage, couple right. touchdown passes, no no interceptions. <laughs> I'll take that out all, every day. All day, every you know? day. And there was also questions about uh, receiving. Mike Strawn, the rookie, uh, had two very good catches in this game. He looked mm-hmm. solid, caught both balls thrown to him. And there was a guy draped over him both times and yet still right. physically able to just kind of wrangle the ball in for himself for a secure, right. secure reception. So that's a good uh, Zach Paschal looks solid in this game, all the way around, right. I thought. Um, right.
1: Paris, right. This, this team didn't give up. This team didn't no. give up by any me- any measure. I mean, they, these guys fought all the way back, and they had a chance to make it make it a close game. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's another bright spot that I look at because that that could affect your football team psyche, and that is, you know, you can fix what the positive coming out of this is, you can fix the things that were the issue yes. in Sunday's game. So it wasn't a, a, a you know, an effort, a problem. It, it, the guys fought; they fought their tails off. They just, you know, it just was. It was one of those games you want to throw out. Get it out the way. I don't watch the film the next week. Let's move on to the Rams, and let's see how we can fix the problem and not dwell in the past. This is one of those games that you just throw out. You don't go back to. But you have to fix – if you don't fix it, and the way the NFL works, if you don't fix your issues, you're going to see them the following week, the week after that, the week after that, until you fix it. And I promise you, Braden Smith, he's going to get a lot of unique packages thrown his way if you know if he's going to be the guy for Carson Wentz in this football team because that fourth down stop that fourth fourth and one was just inexcusable he you got can't have that bold over he got, <laughs> he got blown up man he got yeah. blown up that that no that's unacceptable that that pisses me off just watching that because yeah. i know he's he's tough he, he's a tough guy and he's got more he, he's got pride but you can't win them all but that was a key moment yeah that you Know those moments we've talked about one of those moments where we were slowly creeping back into this football game and just just a break, just one little break. Um, you know, who knows how the, the turnout would have been, but they this team fought, this team fought with pride, and I'm wearing my coach shirt with pride today.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm there's plenty there for me to be optimistic for the rest of the season. Even though we are going to be going up against probably the toughest team that we'll face all year next next week, <laughs> no, no no doubt.
1: I, I tell you, I tell you what the the back end of the Colts defense and just from a communication standpoint, you could tell it was it was first week jitters and just the communication breakdown. They're all professional guys. That is one area that you have to be on top of. And at least the first month of the season, because that's when things break down. That's when things uh, you position yourself for, as you know, you know, within your conference, within your playoff run. And now we have an extra game. So every game matters. And the the, the quicker you can uh, fix that communication issues, we'll we'll see the brand of football that we're expecting from our Colts.
2: Now you had mentioned something earlier, and it kind of piques my interest a little bit. You were talking about don't even look at the film, throw it away, move on the next week. If you have a bad game and you know that you know there's a lot of stuff that you need to work on, uh, get fixed. Do you do 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 players look at that on their own, or do they let the coaches do that and bring it up to them?
1: Yeah, p- players. I mean, obviously, as, when I say throw the film out. I remember coaches if we had a, a game like this, and and he would leave it up to the position coaches and the players mm-hmm. to to correct them and address it in their respective rooms. However, how it usually goes, you know, the next day you come in, the coach is going to tell you everything that you know. These are our team goals. This is what we were. This is what they were. We didn't hit our goals, and you dwell on, you know, what happened the day before. When I say throw the game out. As a coach, you tell the team, listen, we're going to fix the – I trust that my veteran group will get the necessary corrections fixed and we don't. We won't address it as a team. We'll let your coach address it. But you fix the problem, but you don't address it as a team. So if you're – I hate to use the right Braden Smith, you're not being called out in front of the entire team because we know you're a much better player than that. You know, as opposed to in normal circumstances, you call out all the corrections and you – you let everyone know who's having mental errors, who's uh, who's playing well. That's typically how you get the pulse of your team to know, oh, OK, who are my guys that I can depend on from a mental standpoint? And it also gives a guy like myself who played defense to see who's doing what on offense, because you don't you don't get that time once you break the team, you know, you focus on your position, your adjustments and so forth. So that is a way that every coach that I've ever played for when you lose, whether you win or lose, that's typically how breakdown happens. Right. you like, you, you, know, you, you, you pinpoint some guys who played well. And if you didn't have, if you, you know, had a game as you had, you just throw that shit out, throw it out, you throw it out, go fix that in, in your meeting room. So um, that's what I, that's what I would do. <laughs> if okay. I was a coach.
2: Okay. That, that, yeah. that, that clears up a lot there for me. I Mm -hmm. uh, had me a little worried. I was like, "Eh, you got (laughs) to fix that (laughs) stuff. You know, you you got to (laughs) kind of don't dwell on it. I get you, but you know, uh, Hey, hey, (laughs)
1: believe it or not, I've seen some guys that, you know, there was a guy named Eric Mangini. Mm -hmm. He was from the Bill Belichick tree and we called it the, what was it? The penguin show. And basically it was a day after a game. I was with the Browns at that point, so we didn't win many. Most coaches do this, but it was his, his correction meeting was, you know, you had to be thick-skinned to be able to get through it and not walk out of that meeting like, you know, looking sideways at this guy. That's how mature he needed his team to be. But you can't coach everyone like that. You know, that's why I brought up, the you know, you don't throw it out. Throw it out. We got veteran guys. We have proven guys. This is one of the strengths of our team. They'll be able to fix it in their rooms. I don't, I'm not going to call out Ryan, um, you know, uh, you know, Carson Wentz for and the quarterback center exchange. On, I'm not going to do that just yet. I don't think it's time to do that. Uh, I know we'll get that problem fixed. However, you know, Eric Magini, he didn't care who you were. Every week there was no not addressing the the corrections as a unit. So, offense and defensive guys can see who's contributing and who's not and who's part of the problem, who's part of the solution. So, you know, his shows were brutal, man. We call it a show because it was a spectacle. You hear me?
2: Oh, I, I, I get you. Uh I mean obviously I'm I've not been in, in that room, but I can I can I can understand because I've I've worked in places where the bosses <laughs> would bring everybody in and call individual workers out you know yeah. right there yeah. in the middle and and that that you're right i mean you can't do that to everybody because you know like you said you got to have a thick skin to take it and, right. and and just be you know be a man about it and be like all right you're right i i screwed up here you know
1: right uh, <laughs> right, right. cuz everyone wants to get it right you know mm-hmm. but it comes down to fundamentals of the game i i'm not worried about this group um i think they'll get it fixed i think these guys knew despite all the things that went wrong they still had a chance against a very good football team that's going to be in the playoffs that's arguably uh Russell Wilson was you know first half of the season he was an mvp um mm-hmm. you know front runner so th- th- you can there's a lot to take away from this game but uh yeah i throw it out i don't i don't no nah, i throw it out
2: well i mean I the second on. like i like you said the second half of the game i thought the defense really came together and played really, really well. Even the touchdown drive uh, in, in the second half that they had, yes. those were very, um, you know, contested plays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the the pass, even the, the touchdown pass to DK Metcalf in the end zone, um, Kenny Moore was over him, you know? He, he had right. his hand right. stretched out. It was just right. a heck of a really good pass by Russell Wilson, placing it in a place where only – Metcalf could catch it and and, yeah. and, and, keep more away. So, um, credit to them. They earned that touchdown.
1: Yeah. That was one of those plays that you know, they, we called it, um, an all go, all go special where all five guys get out and it's on the old line. There's no one, you know, uh, they disguise it a bit and DK Metcalf is in the slot. He's got the body. You know, as a veteran guy watching the game, like there's a good chance when I saw the back two tight ends run a vertical, I knew exactly what was happening on the other side. And it was like you mentioned, he just he was in the position. He just didn't make the play. Yeah. And again, as time goes on, that coverage gets a little tighter. Next thing you know, the next time he sees that type of play concept, he's not going to ball out. You know, so it, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm 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 really encouraged. It was you know you have to understand body types as well. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. If, if Kitty Moore, if you're not glued to him, he's going to basketball box you out. And in the end zone, all it takes is a catch, two seconds. Yeah. You know, exactly. strike up the band. So, yeah, they 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 didn't give up, man. They didn't give up. I'm, I'm encouraged by the by the unit, and I, I know those guys in that locker room. They came in today. They're going to approach next week. With their hair on fire, they gotta. Like I said, it doesn't get any easier. And from an O line standpoint, this is a true test. Now, you you didn't pass the test last week. You know, are you gonna pass the test this week? And are guys gonna make sure Carson Wentz is able to stand in the pocket, be comfortable in the pocket, deliver the ball on time? That way, he can build that confidence with his receivers that he needs. And uh, when that happens, you're gonna see a spillover throughout the special teams and the defense is going to play a little better. And now the defense wants to create more turnovers and not play from behind as opposed to playing with the league. Cause once you play with the league, now you have the, the Forrest Buckner. Now you have Darius Leonard and all these guys that are really good blitzers joining the party. And now you're going to see, you know, this team kind of mature in front of us and, and show us what they could, what they're going to look like for the d- duration of the season.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, like you said, you was talking about uh, Darius Leonard and that put that, that was obvious. That was frustration. You could see it in his yes. face. He's like, yes. you know what? We need to get a turnover. He just walked over. Yes. Bam. Yes. You know, uh, I, another, another play was that sack by DeForest Buckner, right? You yes. could see yes. it where, you know, he he just, it was, you ain't getting away from me this time. I got to make this play, <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> right. Um, right? That, it, you could tell that the veteran guys on this team they they were getting frustrated you know yes
1: and can i can i talk about that Darius leonard this is when everyone because i'm sure on the sideline everyone was talking about we need a turnover we need a game change we we're we're the defense if we call ourselves you know leaders on this team if i'm a player on this team i'm a star in this league i want to make an impact play Mm -hmm. and i've tried in my 11 years lawrence i've tried to punch out a football as I'm making the tackle, I've never been able to do it. I still I could probably barely do it if you're walking towards me now. But it's the <laughs> most difficult punch out and strip that you have to either practice it, you have to feel it, and it's a god-given gift because if you punch wrong, there's a good chance your fingers and wrist could be screwed. I mean, it, it was a heck of a timely play. Unfortunately, we didn't capitalize off of it. But there's there's those guys are playing playing the game the right way, and uh, you it was it was great to see. The guys that we are going to depend on step up and try to, you know, re-energize this team.
2: Well, it's funny that you're talking about that. Darius Darius is known for punching balls out, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's, he does it all the time. And the great thing about when he does it, he's wrapping up while he's punching it out. <laughs> so so if he misses, that tackle still happens, you know? Right. And that... That alone is amazing to me. That you're able to do, like you said, it's got to be perfect on the punch out just to get it in the, by itself. Let alone right. the fact that you're able to get the rest of your body in tune. Uh, he probably has been practicing that his, since he came out of the birth canal, right? I mean, right, right.
1: And I'm paid to make tackles to tackle the guy with the football. If I'm focusing on punching out and missing tackles, you know, I'm not willing to take that risk. You know, unless it's an obvious strip, so it takes an, an incredible amount of courage and practice and gift to be able to execute it the way the way he does.
2: Well, there you go. There you have it, everybody. Now, now we kind of understand the little extra money that Darius Leonard got on his contract. Oh
1: <laughs> 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 man, um, and I, you know, I thought they, I thought he played active. I, I, I thought he, you know, I, I look at things that the intangible things when I look at guys that are, are you, when, when the things aren't going as well, are you the guy to, to lead by example or lead by, um, you know, being a vocal leader or such? And I, I think he, you know, he, he deserves every dollar, you know, every dollar he earned it, but uh, I'm, I'm hopeful this team will, will get it fixed. And I'm, I'm very hopeful in Carson Wentz, you know, I'm really rooting for Carson Wentz and his success because he showed me a lot. You know, I really, I didn't watch him a ton in Philly. I knew he had the arm talent, but he stood in the pocket, man. We have to give him credit. He's a tough guy, man. He he really is. And and like you mentioned, the last drive to be able to go down the field and 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 try to generate some some rhythm and momentum. Um, you know, it's a testament to how bad he really wants it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we, we watched that play where he gets sandwiched between both the defensive tackles. And one of the defensive tackles is the one that got hurt on that play. And Carson just got up and just kind of looked down at him like, you know, crap, you know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs)
1: yeah. And, you know, they tried to – Frank Wright tried to mix up the play column because I had never seen Carson Wentz throw this many screens. You know, they were trying to negate the pass rush somehow to get him on the heels to just, you know, slow him down a bit. And we had some success with it, but anytime you start, in my opinion, you start seeing the football team throw a lot of screens, you know, they're not protecting as well as they would hope, you know? So I thought that was, uh, you know, the game goes, you have to, you know, call the game as it flows. And unfortunately it wasn't enough. It wasn't yeah, enough.
2: Yeah, it is true. Um, yeah. I, I saw some things from Carson Wentz today that, that like you said, you it made me really hopeful, very surprised, um, you know, the, the way he's able to – he can make a throw in a weird angle. I remember one where he, he rolled out to his his uh, left because a pressure pushed him out to his left, and he had to angle the ball in such a mm-hmm. way to get around the linebacker out to the, the, the running back at the last second. It's kind of lofted yeah. it over there, and mm-hmm. I was like – that's something you would not have gotten from Phillip Rivers. You know, no, there, there's no. no way you could get something no. like that. And, and 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 some of those passes over the middle, the guys like Mike Strawn or Zach Pascal, Rivers couldn't have done it because the window was too tight, you know. He just right. zipped that ball in there. He was accurate for the most part. Now, there was a couple passes where you, I, I think he was more throwing it away than he was trying to make a completion, you know, right. out on the sideline. Uh, right. like that pass to Moale Cox. That was overthrown yeah. down the sideline. That was obvious. Right. I don't want to get sacked. Right. I don't want to get a turnover. Right, you
1: know? right. And sometimes that's the best decision is, you know, giving up a sack as opposed to, you know, you just alluded to, because he, I feel like that's why quarterbacks are really good golfers. They can, they can make, you know, any, any, they can, um, you know, get themselves out of a hole, get themselves. I don't know if you play golf at all, but, you know, these guys, Carson Wentz, you know, they could be two guys on top of him and he's still trying to make a throw. So it shows you how tough he is, man. And, and you know, if you put on the film, you see that you want to protect the guy, protect the guy. It, he, this team is only going to go as, as as good as Carson Wentz is able to play for them. Yep. Um, and th- you have to have that mindset week in and week out. And from an O line standpoint, you have to get this fixed in a hurry. Because Aaron Donald, he's looking at the tape as well. Aaron mm-hmm. Donald and this front seven, they're looking forward to this miscommunication happening up front. Because if that if that's the case, it's going to be a long, very long day for the Indianapolis Colts. And we don't, and we know we we can play a, much better than what we showed.
2: Yeah, you, you're not going to have. Uh... Quentin Nelson out there helping the left tackle this whole game against the Rams. I'll guarantee that because <laughs> Quentin Nelson is going to have his hands full with the defensive MVP. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. He's going to need some help. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. All right. Um. So on on the last note, we was talking about Carson. I didn't see hero ball from him. I saw him trying to make quick decisions, get rid of the Great football. Point. Uh, when he when he ran, he ran. He, he made the decision to run quickly. I saw him going down. Granted, those times he he dove forward, but he dove forward in a way of giving himself up. You know, not right. not trying to run somebody over. Uh, it, it looked, <laughs> right. So, um, again, uh, looked like something that I was. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him progress with this offense. You know. Yes.
1: And, yes. As, as, as long as he takes care of the football. There was one scramble he he scrambled he you know lost mm-hmm. the ball and then obviously the center quarterback exchange fourth down mm-hmm. debacle but uh he can fix those things which are fixable and as you mentioned i i he, i agree he looked like he was well coached looked like there was an emphasis on protecting yourself when you expose yourself mm-hmm. and by getting down early not trying to run over NFL tacklers you know that gets get paid to do that because if it's me if I see the quarterback running in space and I have an opportunity to hit him I'm going to hit him as hard as I can Mm -hmm. you know so uh yeah I I agree with you on that point that Carson Wentz did look like he he was comfortable with the game plan he was confident whether go with the football yes he was under duress but uh, he managed it as well as anyone could manage it especially given the limited amount of reps he had taken in and without any preseason games
2: absolutely is there anything uh else you want to add before we uh bring this to a close
1: no man i i think we hit everything and if we can protect our quarterback and and fix you know protect him play better defense and and not give up the big plays and make the plays that uh we're supposed to make i think we're good i think we covered everything
2: yeah i think so too we'll have to sit down and Really look at the Rams tape to go into the pregame uh, breakdown for the, the Rams this week. But uh, if you guys are watching this uh, on YouTube, please smash that like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, if you're listening to it on the audio podcast, go check me out on YouTube. Make sure you download, share either way. You know, whether you're listening to it or you're watching it, share this uh, with friends, family, those of you that uh, just like it football because that's the best way uh for us to get our podcast out is for people who listen and watch and enjoy it uh, to share it out. You know, word of mouth is the best that there is. Um plus social media, right? Um Dequel, you have a podcast you run on your own. Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of information about that?
1: Yes, well you can catch it on all major media platforms. It's called Athletes Unplugged. I Interview former teammates of mine and some comedians and things of, that, that that interest me and I do it with a with a glass of champagne and a, and a, or some whiskey and a cigar so uh, it's great talks between two former former uh, NFL people and and it, it, it's entertaining it's emotional it's funny uh, you definitely should check it out but please check out us leaving coats we talk some we we we're gonna talk ball all year long. Uh, We're going to get in the weeds like we always do. And
2: it's going to be a great time. And we hope you can enjoy it with us. Absolutely. So until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen with Dequell Jackson. And as usual, go Colts. Have a good one.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.